What is up and welcome back to Zen Business, the show that studies health and mindfulness habits that ultra high performers use to reach the top of their industry and their craft. I'm your host, Jonathan Maxim, Managing Director at K&J Growth Hackers and founder of five digital companies. We've grown these companies to great levels and created an exciting and fulfilling life for our team members, but the truth is, it was much more challenging than we ever could have imagined. All right, now let's jump in. All right, what is up and welcome back to Zen Business, the show where we study the mindfulness habits of the ultra successful and how they use meditation to drive the bottom line and business forward. Today, we have an exciting episode. Um, this is one of my most passionate topics because you know, being a growth hacker, my whole job is to make things go viral. And so today, that's exactly what we're gonna talk about. I'm gonna explain the mechanics of how things go viral and explain how you can do it for yourself, whether that's you know a, a business that you're working on, whether that's just a social media post, a piece of content, or whether it's some kind of philanthropic endeavor. I think there's a lot of, a lot of ways that we can use this. And you know, the age of the internet has really uh, allowed some processes to form naturally on how these things work, which is all kind of driven by human psychology. And we're gonna unpack that today. But I'm really excited to, to share with you because I have a lot of case studies uh, from running the growth hacking agency, from making TikTok go viral in 2019 to uh, having another app called PayPal uh, do over 220,000 downloads in a month with uh, about 35% of those coming uh, from viral growth. So let's just say 60, 70,000 uh, app downloads came organically. Now, my specialty is doing this with tech companies, making apps go viral, but I've also done it for all kinds of other concepts. My partner, Kale, had a post go viral in 2017 on LinkedIn um, that got something like 15,000 comments in 24 hours and then ended up getting a case study from, from LinkedIn on how to you know, create content that goes viral, et cetera. So I've got a lot of case studies um, that we can talk about today, um, and those will come up throughout the show. But... Um, I think anyone who's fascinated by marketing, fascinated by human psychology, thinks they might want to start a business at some point or has a business of and, and something that you know they would like to see go viral. I'm going to explain the mechanics of how we do it. Um, we also just did a, a contest that went viral with the social media platform for gamers. We did one that went viral for a home builder in Texas, which is pretty interesting. And then we also had the New Zealand government. Uh, we had a contest that got something like... 10x the results of our regular marketing efforts. So we would normally get like 500 signups a day and we got like 5,000 signups in a day with this platform. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump in. Um, just a quick background on myself. I'm sure you know a lot of the listeners here know, but I think this kind of sets the stage for how virality works. Uh, my job as a growth hacker is to make apps go viral, right? So like I said, I've worked with TikTok, I've worked with Triller, worked with Monster Energy, uh, Xfinity, all these different brands. And their their whole the whole reason they hire me is to make their stuff a hockey stick, right? To go up and to the right with a graph. And I've been doing this since about 2014 when I first started my, my, my own tech company. I had a fitness app that uh, we had go viral on Twitter and got 16,000 downloads overnight, which at the time was a lot. And now that still is a lot. That's enough to put you in the top five of the app store if you get that every day. But that's really where I learned how this stuff works. We, we basically had a network of, of Twitter influencers tweet out a video that had no call to action on it, didn't say go download the app. It just was kind of like something you'd see on the Chive or some other meme sharing platform. And it was like, there's this crazy new app that gives you rewards for working out. And then we had the different influencers tweeted out laterally. So let's just say we have 10 influencers with a million audience each. 
when they all tweet, yeah, we're reaching 10 million of their followers, but everyone in their audience can retweet that. And so it ended up getting millions and millions of impressions in just 24 hours. And that really showed me the power of this viral stuff. Now, since then, a lot of the social media platforms have really aggressive algorithms that don't want to grant free reach to people who aren't paying. So oftentimes we do use paid media to amplify virality, but you don't have to. There's still a way, especially on platforms that don't have an algorithm like Instagram, where either it's chronological or it's not filtered you know, really aggressively like let's just say Facebook's feed. Um, it's very hard to go, to go viral on that. But what I saw was there's the mechanics to this, right? There's, a, there's three, three components to it. There's the emotional charge, the shareability, and the amplification. And I'll go over what those are. But since then, I have made a lot of different companies, platforms, softwares, content go viral. And the recipe is the same each time. At the time, there was no process for it. There was no backbone of how it always worked. But now that I've seen this happen, I've launched 150 plus campaigns at this point, And I know what those triggers are to, to make things go viral, even in an age when Instagram and the other platforms are not giving away reach very easily. I think, you know, you can start looking at platforms like TikTok uh, or Reddit or other more niche platforms that don't have such a broad demand. They're much more special interest, if you will. Um, so there's still a lot of kind of untapped platforms, in my opinion. But this kind of led me into this world of growth hacking. Now, we have worked with tons of different startups. Most of them are venture backed. You know, they have enough money to get something going and not just be, you know, on a shoestring budget. But we learned on a shoestring budget because it was my own tech company. It was my own money when I first had this happen. So that's what we're going to go over today. Um, I think it's going to be really relevant for marketers, content creators, influencers, uh, entrepreneurs, anybody who's in the digital space and, uh, and has a message that they need to get out to a lot of people. So uh, just when we're thinking about virality, this is how I define it. Uh, people are sharing it on their own, right? So you give them something shareable and then they take the ball and run with it. And we're going to reference, I like referencing history because there's a lot of conce concepts that went viral before the internet, you know, through word of mouth. And those are great case studies because that shows the bones of it. That shows the structure of virality of, of buzz and, and, and word of mouth. And then I'll apply it to, to the digital sphere. So um, the first component of making things go viral is uh, that it has to have an emotional charge, right? You have to give something to the, to the reader, to the listener that makes them feel something. And, you know, if you think about the news, like all, all of like CNN and all these news platforms, they're typically uh, sharing stories that are very sensational. The juiciest content always gets the best reach, engagement, and, and viewership. And that historically happened on the news. You know, people would watch the news about bombings in the Middle East, or they would watch stuff about like a, a local murder mystery. Things like that was super interesting to people. And that's because it's sensational. It makes people really, really feel something. Feel-good content tends to not perform as well. Stuff that is negative actually tends to get more reach. Uh, stuff that pisses people off because when, when people are pissed off, they take action and that's when sharing happens. So that's kind of a, with great power comes great responsibility in this arena. You can post something that is going to be very edgy and it's going to get shared a lot, but you have to use your own morals to decide what's okay and what's not. And of course, you know, you should, you should respect people's privacy. You should respect, you know, some universal laws of good and bad when you're thinking about this stuff. And with businesses generally, I mean, you can use a negative stimuli like, you know, 
I think back to the Coney video, I think it was in like 2006. I don't know if you guys remember this video. It's the first video that I remember going viral. And it was about uh, tragedies happening to kids. I believe it was in Africa, something like that. And it was a well-produced video and then it went viral and the guy ended up going crazy from all of the uh, the media attention that he got. And I remember he was walking around the streets of Pacific Beach where I lived and he was had a bottle of uh, a vodka in his hand and he was like, had his pants off and he pissed in the street and stuff. And so like that's the kind of reach obviously that can happen when, when something goes viral. Um, but of course, remember, we're going to use this for good. So you need to use your best judgment to, to put the right message behind it. So um, when you're thinking about how to put an emotional charge behind a concept, whether this is a piece of content, whether it's a video, whether it's a business, whether it's a, a contest, whatever it is that you're trying to make go viral, you got to connect the left and right brain, right? The right brain is going to be the creative emotional side and the left brain is going to be the analytical logical side. The point when people take action is when those two sides meet, right? There's uh, something called the corpus callum. I think it's called corpus callosum. It's the basically the bridge between the two sides of the brain. And when let's just say an opportunity, a business opportunity to make $10,000 is connected with the emotional charge of saving your grandmother's life, that's when people take action. So they have an emotional reason for doing something and they have a logical business or an objective outcome that they're looking for. So that is what we're gonna try to do with the emotional charge component. You gotta create something that connects the left and right sides of the brain. So the right side of the brain is storytelling and emotion and the left side is logic and and outcomes and planning. And that's really where the emotional charge comes in because you're gonna activate the person's right brain and that will connect to their left brain. So the logical component of, let's just say the Coney video is saving lives in Africa, but the emotional component is that kids are dying. Right. So when you connect those two, that's when people take action. In this case, they would donate. Right. In other cases, they might buy a product or they might sign a petition, et cetera. So the whole goal is that you have to make people feel something Um, and juicy content tends to tends to sell or tends to resonate better than uh, let's just say positive content. Right. Like people. This is one thing I learned from running the fitness app is that people having the opportunity to get something better, like let's just see if, say a free bottle of water for running two miles, that's a lot less powerful. A positive outcome is a lot less powerful than the risk of losing something. So if it was, you know, you're going to lose 10 bucks if you don't go for a jog, people are more likely to run if they are trying to prevent themselves from losing $10 rather than earning 10 bucks, right? And so that thinking, uh, you have to, whatever it is, whatever concept or theme that you're trying to make go viral, there are really two ends of the spectrum. There's pain and euphoria, right? So pain would be you're saving kids' lives in Africa. Euphoria would be you're changing your life, aka winning a million dollars or something like that. Those two ends of the spectrum are where you want to be, right? It has to be something riveting enough to piss people off to take action, or it has to be so such a high upside that they can't resist not, you know, I'll just put my email in for a chance to win a million bucks, right? So the level of work and return, the level of work has to be minimal and the return has to be huge to get people to take action on a positive concept. Whereas on a negative concept, you just have to uh, make them upset enough, make them feel something deeply enough that they want to take action immediately. So um, a few of the things that I've seen go viral, like feel good stuff can, can definitely go viral, like the ice bucket challenge. 
Uh, that one, I think, had a, a great social component to it. it. It required participation from people. It was fun. It was kind of edgy. Um, stuff that's like local and relevant, like, you know, uh, saving kids in your neighborhood. That's very much on somebody's doorstep. That could could really resonate with people. Or if it's, you know, some cause like saving kids in Africa, that's there's enough bad that can happen from you not helping that people's uh, inherent need to do good will be triggered and then they take action. When we think about this in a business context, um, I try not to use negative concepts. I think when it comes to causes, you can use negative stimuli, like let's just say preventing brain cancer or something like that. Your message is gonna go much further because this is a, a hard reality. You know, people are dying from brain cancer, right? So they're gonna, you're gonna try to save them, right? When it comes to business though, I think contests and referral campaigns tend to do better because they are based on a positive outcome of say like winning monopoly money or winning like you know, multi-millions of dollars or even a few thousand dollars will, will be enough to make people take action. So uh, I think that's a kind of a good divide to work within is if it's a cause, you can focus on harsh realities. If it's a business, I mean, you can still focus on harsh realities and how your business saves those, but you got to remember to be coming from an altruistic component. You can't do this out of self-benefit because people will smell that and then inherently they will distrust you. So if it's for a cause, you can't have a call to action to buy now. Whereas if it's for a contest and people can win thousands of dollars, it's okay to ask them to, to sign up or to buy. I'm just minding that legally you can't ask people to buy to enter contests, which there are ways around. Um, if you look up 8080.com, it's like a, a website that gives people entries to win supercars. If they buy a t-shirt, they get a bunch of points and they can use those points toward a reward, but that's kind of a legal loophole. So just make sure you do your homework uh, when it comes to to contest from a legal perspective because you don't want to get nailed for a illegal contest essentially so in in Jungian philosophy so uh carl Jung he he talks about the brain heart connection and when the right and the left brain connect that is when people take action there's a graphic that i'll i'll, I'll leave in the show notes that shows uh the inner world the outer world our persona who we think we are and then beneath it we have which is our ego and then beneath it we have our shadow and so there's a, a Venn diagram or an intersection where the self overlaps with the ego and the shadow, uh, who we think of ourselves as and who we, who we don't think of ourselves as. Our shadow is who we, who we don't want to be. Our ego is who we want to be. And then the, on the two lateral sides, there's unconscious and uh, personal. So that's conscious collective knowledge, you know, individual and collective knowledge, and then unconscious and, and conscious on the individual side. So when, when we take this Jungian philosophy and we, we, marry these concepts of conscious and unconscious, inner and outer world, and left and right brain, that's really when those connections are made. That's when people take action. So it would probably behoove you to, to do some research on Jungian philosophy because this is the bridge, right? When, when we connect uh, a cause that people care about and an opportunity to help, that is when they take action. So if you want something to go viral, it has to have something that's riveting and gripping as well as have a logical outcome that's positive, right? Saving people's lives or winning a bunch of money or whatever that kind of call to action is. On episode 13 here in Zen Business, uh, the interview that I did with Patrick Loritz, it studies this very deeply, that episode's called uh, How to Manifest Your Goals Through Jungian Techniques. And that is really focused on how to activate both the emotional and the logic side of somebody's brain to create storytelling around a logical concept to create action, to get people to take action. And then when they do, 
that's when people start sharing stuff out. They either get pissed off enough or excited enough that they hit the share button. And that's really what you're trying to activate here. In my experience of, of running viral campaigns, the two things that people emotionally respond to, this is how I've broken it out. I don't, I don't know if there's other breakouts that people believe, but this has been my observation. If they have the opportunity to change their own life by clicking a button and submitting an email or something like that, they will take action. So that could be winning big money, winning a contest, um, or self-realizing some perception that they have, right? So if, if you signing up for this makes you a good person, that will validate our, our need to feel like a good person, and then people will take action. So changing your own ego, changing your perception of self, or let's just say winning a bunch of money because people always respond to that. We'll go into contests in a little bit. So changing your own life, winning big money or self-actualizing a goal that you've had your whole life. And then second would be changing somebody else's life. So fulfilling a purpose, right? When people can save kids in Africa by simply donating $5, that's a small amount for them to donate, but collectively it's a huge amount that is gonna impact you know, millions of kids then they will, they will do that, right? They'll, they'll pay that $5 to make it happen. So they're fulfilling a purpose of saving somebody else's life, uh, which actually fulfills their ego, which has a need for purpose, right? Everyone wants to feel like they have an impact. Everyone wants to feel like they, they're living for a reason. And so if they donate five bucks, they feel like they are doing good and you can, uh, you can fulfill that need. And in sales, we look at how um, people have a desire to be consistent, right? So what they say is what they do. People want to be seen as, as high integrity people. So if they say something, then they will want to do it and they want to have consistency between what they say and what they do. They want to have consistency between their inner and their outer self. And so if somebody thinks that they're a good person, they're going to want to take actions that make them feel like a good person to reaffirm that they're a good person. So when you're creating content that you want to go viral, you can give them something that feeds their ego essentially and, and, and affirms that, yes, you are a good person. You donated your 10 bucks. And I do this too, right? Like I donate to causes that I care about because I want to, I want to be that good person that I think I am. And there's nothing wrong with that. Although of course, you know, again, with great power comes great responsibility. You really need to use this for good. So when we feed their need for validation and, and self-consistency, again, that's when people take action. So those two concepts are changing their own life and changing someone else's life. So when you think about creating content that's going to go viral, you want to create something where people are going to feel like they're either going to change their own situation dramatically or they're going to help somebody else's situation dramatically. So that really covers creating an emotional charge behind things. Now, that emotional charge can come from anything. You just got to either tell a story or show something that is riveting enough that people are gonna, are gonna take it to heart. And then that heart will bring it to mind. You cross that bridge as the Jungian philosophy explains. Okay, number two, creating shareability. So once you have a concept that people want to share and they're passionate about and they're eager, you need to give them a method and a, a system for sharing it. So softwares work well for this, right? Like. Uh, referral softwares that will give people an individual link that they can share with their friends. Hey, I just donated $10 to this cause. Mom, dad, family, can you guys throw in 10 bucks as well? Because they are going to want to uh, share their good deed and, and make a bigger impact and also humble brag to some extent. Um, and that creates what's called social momentum. Now, if, if it's a cause, yeah, they're going to want to get 
raise more for a cause that they care about. For me, I care about uh, autistic awareness and, um, and special needs. So when I donate to a cause around special needs, then I'm going to want more people to donate to that cause, of course, because I want to uh, you know, help more children that are, that are disabled. So the referral system is really important. Now, social momentum, I'm going to dig into this a bit more. Basically, the, the concept of social momentum is that you, when I share something out, let's just say I'm sharing a coupon code that gets them 10 bucks off and gets me paid $10. In social momentum, you want the person who you shared it with to make you $10 when they, when they sign up. But then when they share this with their friends and their friends sign up, you're going to make five bucks off of each of their friends that sign up. Does this concept sound familiar? Probably does. This is the concept of multi-level marketing, right? MLM. When each person in a string of affiliates gets paid, so the person at the top gets a little percentage from every single person who shares, and that concept spreads out like a, a spider web, or you know, like broken glass just sh- spreads out very quickly because each person has their own network, right? Like I have 70-something thousand followers on Instagram. When just a few of those followers share, I now get access to an audience of 100,000 or 5,000 or 500. And so that's how this spreads so quickly. But if I am getting an affiliate fee for everybody who shares through my link and who creates an affiliate link off of my link, then that's really when stuff gets a lot of social momentum or buzz. So if you can, it's best to set up a a social momentum system or a referral system where not only the people you share with get rewarded, but when they share, they get rewarded and you get rewarded. Everyone down the line gets rewarded. Um, This works really well for affiliate offers. You know, when when you're offering, say, $10 off or you're offering a $20 gift card or whatever, each person along the line should get rewarded for that. So there's constant incentive for people to share it out. And this is why the MLM industry has worked so well for so long, because each person in line has a financial incentive to win. And each person becomes their own master affiliate, collecting revenues from each different person down the line of anyone within their network, anyone that rebooks that same link that you shared initially. So you need to have a software that allows for that, right? So when I share it with my buddy, John, John needs to be able to create his own affiliate link. And I'll share some softwares for that. I think Gleam.io is my favorite software for this. This is for running contests, but you can get them for Shopify. You can get them for WordPress, other platforms. And these other platforms will allow you to rebook. It's kind of like the same concept that uh, Dropbox and Uber use. Each person has an affiliate link and they can reshare that, but take it one step further and give the affiliate the opportunity to create another affiliate link. And then everyone gets paid off of the the growth of that one initial link so you can think of it kind of like a link tree or like a like a uh, like an org chart type of diagram everyone below the master affiliate is getting paid and that's when stuff really starts to go viral i know a guy who does only fans management and what they do is only fans offers the same type of social momentum everybody in the line of affiliates gets paid so if one girl shares uh, her friend's OnlyFans page, then she'll get five bucks when somebody signs up to her friend's page. But when her friend shares that same link, the affiliate number one is going to get paid from everybody who signs up from the friend's affiliate link. So if she shares it with one person and then that one person shares it with five people, that the initial master affiliate gets six affiliate payouts or six commissions rather than just the one of the original person that shared it. So that kind of referral system is incredibly powerful. Um, There's platforms like Refersion and other 
link sharing platforms that can do this. It's usually very cheap or or free. Um, so if you do, you know, want more insight on that, feel free to shoot me a message on Instagram. It's jmaxim, I-T-S-J-Maxim. Or just, uh, you know, go to kjagrowth.com and, and submit an email and we'll, uh, and we'll get it answered. But that's really how you create that crazy social momentum. So good is creating one affiliate link that people can share. Great is creating an affiliate link that can be re, repackaged and shared multiple times and you get affiliate commissions off of all of those. And that's how you get people to share on your behalf because they all have incentive for sharing because they'll all get paid for it. Everyone down the line and everyone that they sign up, right? It just goes on and on and on. Um, so that's how referral systems can can really create a, a platform for, for virality. Like I said, Dropbox, Uber, uh, even OnlyFans, all these companies use this referral system and it ends up just feeding this monster of a marketing engine without any dollars behind it. Normally you'd have to pay for ads to reach you know 100,000 people, but if you have one fan with 10,000 followers and they share it with their fans and they have a person with 100,000 audience, then now you have 110,000 audience for free because they're sharing to get a little bit of incentive back rather than paying the ad platforms like Facebook and Instagram. So uh, the next type of shareability that I wanna talk about is contests. Again, make sure to have a social momentum or an MLM component uh, reward people for sharing and their friends and you get paid on both of those. And once you have that shareability system set up, which again, the software's handled this for you, you don't have to go and create custom software around it. The next thing you do is you want to offer a reward that's big enough to quote unquote change somebody's life. Um, so $1,000 used to be the benchmark, like a $1,000 prize pot, but now we're seeing uh, upwards of like three to $5,000 is the minimum to get stuff to go viral. So you have to give away a prize pot of, uh, let's say $5,000 in value. Now, people see a big, you know, green $5,000 mark on a landing page, they're going to be in. But that you don't have to give away $5,000 in cash. You could give away, let's just say, a gaming computer that is valued at $2,000, but you maybe got it for 1000 bucks. So you're getting it at cost because you have a partnership with that, with that uh, promotional partner. This kind of takes me to my next point, which is you can get brands to sponsor your contests and fill out that $5,000 pot with basically no money down from you. You can get, you can say, look, we're going to reach 1.5 million people with this promotion and we're expecting to get 10,000 emails out of it. That gaming computer company might be interested to just give away a free computer because they're going to get all this additional brand reach. They're going to get access to the email list. They're going to be able to, to market to the remarketing audiences on Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. So try not to pay for the product, right? Think of brands that you're friends with, people that you know, and ask them, would you be willing to sponsor this contest? Uh, for the, the New Zealand campaign, um, we had Microsoft, Shopify, and Facebook sponsor the contest, and we gave away, gave away a prize pot. I think it was of $3,500. So there was like a Microsoft Surface, like a laptop, uh, like, a, like an iPad type of tablet. There was a bunch of ad spend on Facebook. And then, you know, there was different tools for Shopify, like memberships and things like that. You can also give away intrinsic rewards, right? You can offer 15-minute FaceTime with a celebrity. You can offer a free coaching session with some role model of your audience, someone, someone that people look up to. So it doesn't all have to be cash or cash equivalents like product. It can also be intrinsic stuff. Um, I would love to get free coaching. I would probably be more interested in that than getting like a free computer because I already have a computer, um, but not everyone does. So when it comes to contests, there 
like I mentioned, the platform Gleam.io is the one that we use internally. That one is is really powerful for creating contests that, that get great sharing because it creates um, sh- like 50 different shareable integrations. So it could be a tweet, it could be an email, it could be a Reddit post, et cetera. So no matter what platform they're using to share out their content, you're going to be reaching their audience essentially for free. And then they're all going to have incentives to, to push this along because they want to either get more entries into the contest or they want to make more money off the commissions of when uh, their friends sign up and then their friends' friends sign up. So referral systems and contests are really the most effective ways to, to create virality. I mean, it's pretty much like a guaranteed virality in my mind, um, but you can do it without them, right? You can do like a, a concept like ASPCA or Coney or the Ice Bucket Challenge where it's just a piece of content that you want to get shared really, really far. Um, and that can do it on its own, but if you can leverage all these systems, referrals, contests, and an emotionally charged message, then you just have that much more virality to it. All right, so the last thing that I want to talk about here is amplification. So amplification is basically the marketing of the contest or the, the concept. Now, you can use organic media. So let's just say your email list, you can use your social media following, etc., or you can use ads, which are paid, so paid in organic media. Generally, you need a mix of both in my experience, but if you can't afford to do paid media, you can still do it with just organic or free media. Um, so a few of the methods for getting lateral viral support, I call it lateral because like I talked about in the Twitter example, you have a bunch of people kind of at the top tier of, the, of you know, your master influencers, and they're going to share and retweet for each other. So each of their audiences get access to the piece of content, and then their audiences share that on their own. Twitter's great for it because it's so easy to retweet. That is the network that you have to have built. So oftentimes I usually recommend 10 to 20 influencers for viral campaign because when a role model of yours says they really care about autism awareness, you're like, you know what, I do too. And and, and because he respects this, I respect it now. And so I'm going to give it a try. It's kind of like when Tim Ferriss, one of my role models, recommends a product. I almost always just go put it in my Amazon cart so that I can look at it later and decide to buy it or not. But generally I will buy it just because he recommended it. And oftentimes I don't even end up using the product but that validation, that testimonial from somebody who your fans respect will get them to uh, create an immediate trust, right? So that's why influencers are really good. Even though their audience has gone down dramatically because, or their audience reach has gone down because of the algorithms on Facebook and Instagram, they're still the best source of getting that validation. Because when you see somebody's face who you recognize and respect, you want to be more like them because they embody the values of your ego, then you are more inclined to, to buy what they're, what they're selling or to share what they're asking you to share. So influencers can work great for this. You know, on Instagram, when an influencer shares something out, uh, it goes into the uh, into the discover section of their audience. So let's just say my friend shares a piece of content. Everyone in his audience can potentially see that piece of content in the discover section and their friends because there's a relevance, like a Venn diagram or an overlap of interests there. So that's how stuff goes viral on Instagram when it goes into the discover section and people in the concentric circles around the the initial audience begin to see it. That's the most important thing, in my opinion, is is getting lateral support for the the initiative and then getting influencers to endorse it and say, this is the cause that I care about. And and when you're pitching it to the influencers, you want to find influencers who care about that cause. So they will either share on their own or share free because they have a personal incentive to to fulfill on that purpose of, of changing their life or changing somebody else's life. 
So influencers are great for that. PR can also work, but PR's reach has, has gotten dramatically worse in my experience. Um, so it's, it's always best to just let people share on a social level, in my opinion. Um, the second way that you can amplify these things is to use ads, right? So say you have an influencer uh, with a video talking about this, you know, your, your mission to put shoes on kids' feet in Venezuela. You can take that actual ad video, log in through the influencer's profile, and set it up in your ads manager, and you can promote that actual video. Or you can have the influencer promote the video. And then you'll have a video that has, let's say, a million organic views. Now you can bring that up to 10 million really quickly with Facebook ads because reach is super cheap if you just do a reach and engagement campaign. So typically we do what's called PPE, pay per engagement, where you're just paying for engagement. You're just paying to reach a lot of people. I have a video for one of my clients and companies that has 5 million views on it. And it has a lot of organic views, but we also put a bunch of ads behind it. We've been spending ad spend on it for the last couple months. So now it's got 5 million views. That's a lot of social validation for people to get behind it and get, get on this cause, which is quite amazing, right? Now 5 million views, people are like, oh, this is legit. There must be something here. And therefore our, our cost per acquisition or our sign-up rate uh, gets much better because the more social validation it gets, the more shareability it gets. So that's why I think ads are so important, especially if you have an influencer video where people recognize the face. Like we did a, an influencer video with Mark Cuban and we went from paying, uh, I think it was 300 bucks per, per customer acquisition for a $650 product. We got that down to $20 by having Mark Cuban's face in the video. The, the client was paying $20 to acquire a customer that brought in $650 in revenue, and it was a, a, a learning program. So it was a digital product. There was no cost of goods associated with it. So it's an extremely profitable campaign just by having that influencer face who people recognize. All right, the last way of amplifying is to go to niche communities. And this is a little bit of a risky one. If you think about like Reddit, I think Reddit's a great example because people go on to Reddit and they just either tear stuff apart or they spread it like wildfire. Um, these are these sub forums and niche communities where people are talking about concepts that they care about. Either they're calling out scams or they're you know saying, this is crazy awesome, you guys should check this out. And because Reddit, Quora, and some of these more forum-based social media platforms don't have an algorithm, it's more about people being uh, subscribed to the communities that they want to watch or the groups, then that will happen naturally because people get email notifications when there's a new post on a Reddit, right? So they go check and then they check it out and maybe they subtweet it or maybe they repost it on Reddit or whatever. And it just spreads very, very rapidly there. So you got the broad platforms like Instagram, but then you have more niche platforms like Reddit and Quora where people are going to share because of personal interests. It's something they're more passionate about because it's a more niche interest. Whereas on Instagram, it's such a broad platform. It's not super easy to reshare stuff like Twitter where you can just retweet. You should be thinking about the micro communities and accessing those micro communities. Finding an influencer on Reddit and, and having them post on your behalf is going to be much better than just going and, and pumping it yourself or, or you know tooting your own horn, if you will. So if you take those three things into consideration, I can pretty much guarantee that your concept will go viral. Those again are emotional charge, giving some people something to, to take action on because they really care about it, connecting the left and right brain. Second is providing a, a tool that allows them to share very easily. So the shareability, referral campaigns, contests, et cetera. And then lastly, amplification. This is where your marketing comes in. You either put ad dollars behind it or you put influencers or just any kind of additional reach you can get for it is just going to create that crazy buzz and lengthen all of that social momentum you built because people are all having incentives to sign up along the way. 
All right, that pretty much covers it for today's episode. Uh, I hope all my marketing and sales people uh, were fascinated by this. I hope it's been helpful. If you do have questions, again, feel free to uh, shoot me a message on Instagram at it's jmaxim, I-T-S-J-Maxim, and I'll be happy to respond. Uh, it does take me a little while to respond to all the messages, but I generally get to everything. And if you give this a try, let me know. I'd love to see how it goes. Or if you have feedback, if you think these concepts don't work anymore, I'd love to hear that too. All right. Thanks for listening. I'll see you in the next episode. Have a good one. Cheers. Cheers.